You're listening to your Dental Top 5 podcast with Amanda Hill, informing you on the top trends in dentistry every Thursday. Brought to you by the creators of A Tale of Two Hygienists podcast. And now, here's your host, Amanda Hill. Hello, 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 and welcome to this week's episode of Your Dental Top 5, where we take trending topics in dentistry and break them down into five usable highlights that you can take back to your op, your life, or just look smarter at your next dinner party. I'm your host, Amanda Hill. So today's episode is a really fun one. Aren't they all fun? I know, they're all fun. They're all exciting because, you know, I bring on the best people of all time. So this week, we are going to talk about the top five reasons people buy from you. And I know you're going to be like, buy from me. I don't sell. Just put that thought aside for a minute. We're going to get there. Uh, And to talk about that, I have brought along Debbie Densick, who is the maker of Cord Ease and founder of Ergo Ed, and she's an ergonomics, certified ergonomics professional and a certified yoga professional. Oh my goodness, this woman does a lot of stuff. So Debbie, thanks for coming on today. Hi, so happy to be here. This is great, Amanda. Thank you. Oh, I am so glad you're coming on. First, I just want to say, I mean, I'm going to give a little like plug for Cord Ease because I love my Cord Ease, uh, especially now that um, I'm using HVE all the time because you know, it's not like I get a dental assistant. I mean, who lives in that world? I'm sure some of you do. Just don't tell me because I'll be too jealous. But uh, the Cordy's is saving my hide when it comes to holding that HVE. So thank you for inventing that super cool product for me. Thank you for using it. And thanks for saying that. It's it's good soul food for me to hear that it's helping people out. You know, like we have these ideas in our heads. And I know a lot of us have ways that they want to improve on what we do on a daily basis but uh it's it's another thing to put it out there and then have other people like it so i appreciate that oh i i gotta tell you it is it is really saving us and and everyone out there i know that we're living in this like crazy aerosol scary world and we're all afraid of the aerosols all of a sudden that appeared because of covid even though they were there before and i do want to mention i know you guys know this already because you listen to the podcast but 95 percent of the aerosols are coming from your dental unit water lines so be less afraid of the aerosolized saliva and be more afraid of your dental unit water lines. So please make sure that you're testing your dental unit water lines. Use your ProEdge Quick Pass or, you know, ProEdge Blue Tube um, or Blue Tab so that you are making sure you're treating your water because that's actually what you're inhaling. So, you know, we're talking about health and wellness, and that's what you breathe for eight, nine, 10 hours a day. So make sure you're taking care of your water lines. Sorry, that was totally off subject, but we were talking about suction. <laughs> so. No, that's so interesting because I don't, I don't think we enough attention to that. I know I don't. Yeah. I know. I kind of rely on other people in the office to do it, which is not cool. Exactly. But yeah, I just, I think it's that unknown. We, we've got to keep get. you have to get in front of everybody and keep telling us about it. Right. Right. That's what I'll keep doing. So now Debbie, <laughs> right. how did you go down this road though? Like you invented a product, holy crap. And then were you ergonomics first and then Cordy's or Cordy's and ergonomics? What came first, chicken or egg? Yeah, no, I, I, I mean, I, it was totally out of necessity. I, I always used power scaling. And so I liked that the best. And then, but for me, the cord kept getting in the way. Yeah. I mean, it was really not this like aha moment people hear. About. It wasn't as glamorous as that. <laughs> I was just working and it was like annoying me. And I'm like, there's got to be. Uh, what I'll say about this, though, is that a lot of the ideas that come, in my opinion, they're it's it's through me it's not of me you know what i mean like absolutely i didn't sit there one day and go mm, i want to i really want to think of something super cool that's ergonomic like it's it's not it's, it didn't happen that way it was uh just me 
getting frustrated and then, you know, being open to messages that come in. And, and I just followed that idea, you know, that, that thought that came, that prompt that came and uh, took one thing at a time. I didn't know what I was doing. I still don't know what I'm doing half the time. Nobody <laughs> knows what they're doing. Just, Nobody knows. Yeah, it, that's yeah. the big secret, everyone. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and people see it from the outside looking in that it's just this, you know, glamorous thing that you know you've got and it is fun and exciting don't get me wrong I, I really enjoy it I love hearing like what you said and hearing from people that use it and it's helping them but at the end of the day it's a lot of hard work and it's a lot of unknowns and you have it's a hustle you just got to keep going and you have to be either you have to have good support around you or and or you have to keep picking yourself up when you fall because it's inevitable. You will yep. do it. You got to do the work. That's Mistake. for sure. I got to say my mm-hmm. top three. OK, we're, we'll get to our top five in a second. But my top three ergonomic things that I must have in order to function are my cordies. Number one, yeah. my uh, saddle stool. Number two, because that helped me break some really bad habits about how I sit. And then number mm-hmm. three is my ergo prism loops, my loops that, you know, really help me sit straight up. Um, that, you know, so I am not craning my neck or anything like that, but that is ergonomically what is saving my hide. So thank you for saving my career because that's oh, really my helping gosh, me. Thank you. And I will yeah. say something about the loops. They're, they've come a long way. I was at a trade show recently and I saw some really cool, the declination is different yeah. than when I bought mine and it's super helpful. Love, love, love the new stuff. Yeah. It's amazing. That. All right. Well, let's launch into our top five. So what are the top five reasons people buy from you? What is that all okay. about? Okay, so here's the thing, like, again, it, it, this is just out of um, me doing clinical hygiene and people telling me that for whatever reason, I'm better at getting people to accept their treatment than maybe this other hygienist did. And I, I don't really feel like I do anything um, spectacular per se, but what I do know that I, that I make a point to do is listen before I speak with that. And that's, you know, you can ask probably my boyfriend and my friends. It's not always the case in my personal <laughs> life. But for whatever reason, I turn it on this like RDH stuff when I'm in clinic. Um, so, you know, it's, it's just really important to kind of take a moment and um, a kind of bring the energy to a palatable temperature, you know, get it, get both you and your patient comfortable before you start going into um anything that you might see clinically or anything that you might recommend because you just have to set a tone. What I, what I paralleled is when I developed Cordy's, I had to sell it. You know, I didn't have this big budget where I can go in and hire boots on the ground and get this thing out there. It was all me and I didn't know how to sell. I don't, I mean, I was passionate about my product, but again, I didn't know if someone was going to like it just because I did. And I certainly didn't have the technique that a true salesperson has because it's, it's, you know, I bow down to those people. It's a hard job, but there's definitely skill and technique involved. So through learning that, I kind of paralleled that to, um, you know, selling a product versus selling dentistry. What's the difference? There's not that much difference, really, because it, it boils down to that people buy out of emotion, you know, and you have to tap into their pain points and you have to tap into uh, why they're sitting in your chair. Why, why are they there? You know? Um, and so it, again, it, it really speaks to finding out, kind of taking a moment and peeling back the layers um, for that person. And then also kind of just sitting back and listening and letting the information 
sink into you instead of having these predetermined uh, points that you want to make or responses to whatever's coming out of their mouth before they say it. So you have to really listen, absorb it, you know, kind of apply that to the, the current um, uh, environment and then then speak and then do the recommendation because if people don't trust you, it doesn't matter if you're selling them a wristband for ergonomics or you're selling them a Rocanel or SRP, if they don't trust you and they don't feel as though you care about them and you're saying this out of caring versus making money, they're not going to be as open to accepting it. Um, and you're going to have to work that much harder and the compliance just might not be there. Absolutely. I, you know, there's two things that popped in my brain was one is there is no SOP for patient communication. So it can't be like, they say this, I say this, they say this, mm -hmm. I say this. And so I think that's sometimes why our hygienists struggle. And then I just remembered that, that Teddy Roosevelt quote, you know, they'll never care how much, you know, until they know how much you care. Yeah. And that's it, really important is you have to take yeah. the time. And I know we all are like, no, I don't have time. I don't have time. I don't have time. But you have to take that time to establish that that rapport, that caring, that relationship before anybody's going to be open to listening to anything you have to say. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, 100 percent. If you're going to take time, whether it's up front or during the course of their treatment, yeah. you know, throughout your relationship with that person. So. It just takes a little bit of extra in the beginning to kind of get to know each other and, again, set the tone for right. that appointment and the appointments to follow. And uh, building a nice foundation on that is is key to everything. Um, that said, I've, I've, I've done a lot of temping in my day. Yeah. I actually really, really liked it. I still really like it. Um, and so a lot of times I didn't have that rapport with those people. And so um, I remember going into certain offices and in the morning huddle, they'd be like, oh gosh, okay, your 10 o'clock is just going to be a nightmare. Yeah. I'm just, I'm he's warning you right ever. now. Yeah. He's been here for six years. He's not going to do it, whatever, whatever. And somehow, uh, if you want a different response, you have to do something different, right? Right. So I can't go in there and do the same thing every other hygienist or dentist said to that person and expect something different out of them, that patient. So um, a lot of times what I'll do is I'll just sit there. Um, and what I've learned, a uh, little unknown fact too, is I used to own a collection agency. Um, oh. <laughs> and that is sales too. Everything's yeah. sales. But uh, a lot of people do not like uncomfortable silence. And so if you put that out there in the beginning and just sit there and wait for a response, like ask an open-ended question, like, well, why are you here today? How can we help you today? and leave in, in their lap and just sit there and wait for the response, they'll fill that time, they'll fill that space. And then you have more to go on versus, um, okay, you know, I've looked at your chart, this is this, and start going down this list of everything uh, that they've probably, they've already, they already know because they were there um, and they, they have probably heard way too many times and they're just basically store blind to anything that's gonna come out of your mouth at that point. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. Okay. Well, we better get into our top five. So yeah. what's, so what's number one? Okay. Number one, necessity. Um, and these again are just generalized top motivating factors, um, out of necessity. And, and that would be from a dental perspective, that would be like function eating, um, and talking. It seems unlikely, but 
in my experience, people are not super prepared to answer the question um, if they thought if that's a, a priority or not. You know, like, do you want to keep your teeth forever? You know, and, and some of them chuckle and they're like, oh, that's you know, so silly. But then they don't have a, an answer for it. And then it makes them think for a moment. So sometimes we, we think it's an obvious statement or question. It might not be and give them time to pause and think, really think about yeah. why they are in your chair that day. Um, and people are living so much longer, like in my parents' generation, our parents' generation, they just used to pull teeth. They're like, yeah. oh, cavity. All right, pull it. You totally know? normal. Right. Um, and, and but you know, now we're a lot of my patients actually might uh, I'm clinically on Tuesdays and a lot of them are elderly. So and we're living well into our 90s, you know. So if we want to eat, it's I, I always say it's a good idea to keep the keep the bone healthy and the teeth in the mouth. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> From a functional standpoint. And then um, number two would be convenience. And again, preventive nature, since you and I are RDH, we get this. Um, basically, save yourself the time and money because uh, perio disease is 100% preventable. Um, and it, you, you don't have to get it, even though people think that that's the case. Right. because it's so, I'd say the same uh, for cavities, pretty preventable. Yes, 100%. Um, so it's easier to prevent the disease um, than get an implant. Um, again, just appealing to the obvious is saving time and money down the road. Absolutely. Do it now. You're going to spend it. Like I always kind of like, if I can do it, I, again, you have to kind of feel out your patience. But I said, uh, the deeper your pockets, the deeper you'll have to go into your pocket. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so you got, you know, like, don't wait until there's a 911 situation, right? right? Yeah. Let's take care of these things. Yeah. And, and truthfully, dentistry, so much of really good solid dentistry. Dentistry can be can be really predictable if we take the time uh, to really, you know, look comprehensively at a patient and say, okay, this is what I'm seeing down the road. This is, you know, and that kind of thing. But a lot of times it's really slowing down and talking to a patient about that. These are my goals. My goals are to never lose my teeth. All right, well, let's get there. Like, how do we get there? Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, number three, identity, which is this, this is something like social status. You know, uh, the white piano keys uh -huh. everybody wants. The chiclet teeth. Uh, the, the chiclet, the Hollywood. Um, and I'm learning now from you. I learned a lot already that maybe there's a Zoom filter for that. <laughs> Zoom. Whiter teeth. Love Zoom filters. <laughs> Red lips and white teeth. Yeah. Filter. Um, but prestige, it speaks to people's egos. And that's a lot. That's a huge part of why people do what they do. Huge. Um, even though we like to say that we don't care what people think, of course we care what people think. And um, the beauty industry and the amount of money they make um, is, you know, a testament to that. And uh, we've all had those patients with horrible perio yeah. or like maybe one tooth still in their mouth and they want that white. It better be a white tooth. Yeah, it better be white. Yes. And so again, it's like setting that priority, but it's the priority to them. So how do you take something that's so, in our opinion, so um, ill-prioritized and change that dynamic so that they get it and they still get the, what they want, but they do it in a reasonable and logical order from a clinical perspective, right? right? And they feel so, heard too. I mean, if that's, if that's their thing, let's say their daughter could be getting married the Saturday after next. And that's why that's a big priority 
and and they're ready to listen to you about the bombed out, you know, number 18, but this is what they, you know, this is what they need for these pictures. And I think it's important for us to be open-minded and listen. I agree 100%. Um, it may seem, you know, completely um, out of what we read in the textbooks, what we know as providers, all of that. It might go against every bone in our body to do these things. But it's about rapport building. It's about relationship building. It's about trust. It's about all that. It keeps going back to that. So, yeah, I mean, if you've, and, and it's just human nature, if, if you feel that that, even if what I'm saying is absolutely ridiculous in your opinion, just to hear from you, like, I hear you, I understand. And so we're definitely going to do that. But here's also what we need to do. Right. So, you know, um, maybe it's putting that crown on number 14. Well, if you smile, you know, let's get your whitening done and, and, oh, let's pick a color for this crown too. And so kind of build their treatment around their need in some way, but also get to, you have to be creative. Absolutely. You you have to manipulate the situation, if you will, a little bit so that you both walk away feeling like uh, there's some accomplishment and there's some realistic and um, necessary goals that are going to be set and, and uh, achieved. Yeah. Um, And then obligation. So uh, part of the dental, having the patient become part of the dental team, instead of just, we're the providers and they're the patient. And there's this uh, disconnect between the two. Like we're the teacher and you have to learn and we know it all and you don't know anything. Do you floss every day? You better floss. Yeah, that's all I oh, care about. I just the that. I, oh, that ju- that hurts my soul when I hear people say, I, "You're gonna hate this." I'm like, I just look at them and say, "I, you're not. No, I'm not doing that. I'm not that RDH. Yeah. I'm not that hygienist." And I tell them when I hear something like that, my first response is like, "I'm. I absolutely am not going to care more about your mouth than you do." And I just sit there and I look at them and they're like, it's like the oxygen gets sucked out of the air because they've never heard somebody say that before. But I think we have to be, um, we just have to be aware that, you know, that's their expectation all of a sudden, because, and if you don't give them what they have heard time and time again, and all that white noise that they're, they come in prepared and ready for battle. Right. And if you break down that barrier by saying, no, I'm not that person and you're not going to hear the same thing, then they're almost, it's, it's, they're forced to kind of listen to another perspective and really not just give that same generic answer that they're used to giving every six months. Absolutely. So we have to not be Charlie Brown's parents. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, what's number five? That's what we sound like, I'm sure. (laughs) Exactly. Um, and then fifth is hope. Um, again, it's it's the systemic health um, in, in letting them know that it's their mouth is connected, you know, all of the things that we know as dental professionals, but the general public doesn't probably know this kind of stuff because it's not it's not their every day. Um, but, you know, all you have to do is look on their medical history and, and more times than not, you'll find something you connect that you can say, okay, well, your diabetes or your high blood pressure, the list goes on and on. Um, and don't you want a healthier life? You know, um, and not to make them feel less than or um, make them feel like they're not doing the right thing, but just kind of encourage them to try and think about the fact that their blood circulating throughout their body and 
you don't want this chronic disease in your mouth. And I can't tell you how many times I say that to people. And it just really kind of, they tilt their head and they kind of think like, really, I never thought of that, you know? Um, but again, I think it's one of those things that we have to realize that we know a lot of this stuff and a lot of it's just not common knowledge for the general public. Uh, but connecting that dot to them um, is certainly, you know, between their, their overall health and their oral health is, is key um, for longevity. And then the other thing is like something like opportunity for employment. I know um, there are certain people that for whatever reason, the, a, a healthy, bright smile is perceived as healthy. Yeah. body. Yeah. You know, and so if you're, you know, like, again, we have to have a little conversation with our patients to find out what, what, what is important in their life at that particular moment. But just say someone's going for a job interview. This kind of happened the other day. And it's like, you know, they might want the piano keys, but they also, and again, we can address that, but it's also like, you need to keep your teeth in your mouth too. And here's, here's how we do that. And you don't need and kick and go, perio breath either. Yeah. Ugh. Nobody wants to smell that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so just little things like that, that you can take uh, out of your everyday conversation and put it into the treatment plan too. So it's, it has to be seamless because it doesn't want to, you don't want to seem like, oh, she said this. So I'm going to go, oh, well that absolutely, we can connect some kind of dental lingo and jargon into that, but uh, make it fluid. You have to practice it just like you would practice anything else. And for your clinical skills, but talking to people is not easy for everybody. Um, but it's certainly, uh, if we're going to be doing sales and I will say co-diagnosing is sales. Yes. That's all we're doing. If, if you're co-diagnosing, which I think every hygienist has to do, you know, you're, you're selling. That's well, it's I, just, I always say I'm selling health. Yeah. So I, I, I just, you know, we're looking for health and wellness for our patients. And so that's what I'm yeah. selling. I'm teaching them. I'm bringing them awareness. And, you know, they get to decide if they're going to buy or not. But, you know, I'm going to do my best to bring them the information. Yeah, that's all we can do. Yeah. We, we don't. And I, I tell students when I talk uh, about ergonomics and stuff, but I also kind of throw things in there that um, we have to give ourselves grace. We don't it's not our responsibility for their health. That's them. We have to make sure that they, they all, I know I'm preaching to the choir a lot out there for seasoned uh, hygienists, but um, we're not responsible to make their decisions and we're not responsible for the decisions that they make. And I tell that to students, like re release yourself of that stress. And I think that will also get you a little bit more comfortable about how much information you need to get out in that short amount of time. Right. And, you know, not sounding like some crazy robot. Um, but uh, yeah, just kind of chill and take one or two things that you can do and building that trust and that, that relationship with them. And you don't have to get crazy into their personal life or anything like that. But um, again, like you said earlier, just acknowledge why they're there. Um, let them think about that. And then, um, you know, find out what is, what's important to them that day in that moment, in that environment, and don't box them into anything. Yeah. Don't come. And I think you'll get a lot better results just by letting it happen organically. Yep. Let go of your SOPs. Just, just dive in. All right. Well, let's review the top five. So the top five reasons people buy from you. One is necessity. Two is convenience. Three is identity. Four is obligation. And five is hope. I love hope. That's such a great one. Yeah. Well, 
Debbie, if people want to reach out to you, uh, maybe they want to find out more about your ergonomics or Cordy's, or they just think you're super awesome and they want to say hi, how can they do that? They can reach me via email at deb at cordes.com, D-E-B-C-O-R-D-E-Z-E.com. Um, I, and I'm so bad at this, but I do have an Instagram, which is Cordy's LLC. That's the handle. Um, so follow that. And there's also a Cordy's Facebook page that you can follow. And from time to time, I will, um, I'll put up different videos. I love the videos. videos I needed that like video that. to, in the beginning to learn how to use my Cordy's. Cause I was like, how do you use this thing? So your video was great. It really helped me. Yeah, so, it takes a second, it, but it, it's, like it's easy once you get the hang of it. Yeah. Yep. And then Cordy's.com, of course, you can go. If you feel like you need some retail therapy, you can go shopping Cordy's.com. I got to tell you, people, if you're adopting HVE, it's the way to go. You should use it. <laughs> so, well, thank you so much for being a guest today. I really appreciate your time. Thank you. And I had so much fun. Good. Great. And we all know that only four out of five dentists could agree. So if you have something to add to this top five, or you have an idea for a whole nother top five, email me at amandahillrdh at gmail.com. And we'll be sure to include your dental top five. Make it a great day. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of your dental top five. Be sure to join us next Thursday to hear more from Amanda. 